I'm starting with Pete. Hello, Peter Lawler. Welcome. Good morning, Jared. Now, these are the texts I want. Ross in Mildura has texted through AccuWeather app. So I only want optimistic apps. For Kolkata, Thursday, 27 degrees, cloudy and sunny, 2% chance of rain. I don't want to hear anything about cyclones brewing in the Bay of Bengal. No, no, no. I'm with you, Jared. I went through the apps this morning and I decided I'd read Malcolm Conn in the Fairfax papers. He was the voice of doom. But no, you, you can find some apps that actually say it's going to be all right on uh, on Thursday. And uh, our man, Daniel Cherney, he's over there. He reckons it's going to be all right. So essentially it's Con versus Cherney on this one. <laughs> the obsession the of weather. The integrity of these two journalists is at stake. Every club cricketer knows these couple of days, the obsession with weather watching to see what's about to unfold. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, Jared. It's uh, it's just one of those things. That we'll be all up watching that. But, of course, there's a, there's a games night to whet our appetite, isn't there? Uh, Wednesday night, yeah, yeah. So we're we're we've got to get one more day through to get to India's semi final. Oh, apologies, Jared. I'm, I, it's only Tuesday. Yes. Really good if here. if we did get completely scuppered by rain in the worst case scenario, we would have to be we would have to be careful not to complain too much, wouldn't we? Given recent history. I think I think we'd wear that one on the chin, wouldn't we? <laughs> Given everything that's happened to South Africa, it's very interesting, isn't it? I was actually listening to um, Crash and Cherney talking about it on a uh, whatever those things are that people do these days podcast, possibly um, talking about whether the history actually matters. Uh, Crash was backing, you know, the weight of history. It was a ball and chain. Cherney's going, nah. None of these kids played in 99. I mean, were any of them there in 2015? Uh, it's, it, I love this. I love I love all the, all the the genuine history that goes into it, but also the, the immediate history and, and the sort of momentum we've seen through this World Cup campaign. I know I say it every time I come on, Joe, but, and, and maybe it's because I'm not there at the typewriter, but I'm loving this World yeah. Cup from the couch. Yeah. So I am a believer that these things live in the walls. I've seen enough sport. I've seen enough football teams grappling with the history and the burden that isn't theirs but does belong to their environment. It lives in the walls, I reckon, until you conquer it. I think I think it is something for South Africa. Yeah. Yeah, well, I hope it is something for South Africa and – <laughs> yeah, I'll never forget watching that that game in um, 2015. It was over in New Zealand, wasn't it, it was. Jared? Hey, and uh, I most enjoyed watching uh, Ros Kelly's face in the crowd, Mrs. Mornay Morkel, sitting along uh, Danny De Villiers, I think uh, she was sitting next to, and the look of horror on their face. And then there was a shot. I don't know if anyone goes back to uh, to have a look at this uh, this game. And, and in fact, have you caught up with this gold TV? It's on um, that Cricket Australia have got at the moment. It's a constant streaming of old matches. It's only on the Samsung platform at the moment. Right. It's a free TV channel. But it's the complete Cricket Australia archives as a TV channel. Wow. They have di- – you might have – Jared, I wrote about this two weeks ago. They have digitalised every game that's ever been recorded in Australia on the ABC, on 7, on 9, on 10, on God knows what – uh, they've put it all in there. It's an incredible database, and it just runs constantly now. Uh, 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 in the first place, it's on Samsung, 
on the Samsung TV app, but eventually it will be available much more widely. I think it's some new thing called Fast Channel. Perhaps you'll cross across that new medium, Jared. Wow! No, this is this is news to me. Yeah. Well, what what have you seen that's grabbed you? Oh, I don't know. I kind of just love tuning back into those old mercantile mutual cup games <laughs> and, you know, those grainy things and you look at it and you look at the way we used to be, Jared. But um, what was I, where was I? Oh, I was back at that uh, game in 2015 in New Zealand. And uh, I think when I saw the look on the South Africans' faces was, God, we've done it again. It was one of those moments in sport that the camera captured perfectly, absolutely perfectly. Have to, have to, have to, have to win the toss, Jared. Yes, yes, and it, that plays such a big role in where the pressure lies in these games. What's at stake for Australia in in your mind? So Tim Payne was unequivocal yesterday. He said Parr is winning these tournaments for Australia. Gee, yeah, that's a, that's a high standard to set, isn't it? Yep. I think I think they've achieved. Um, they've well, yeah that. The very minimum they've achieved. We expect them to make the finals, don't we? Uh, I would forgive them. It, it, it's these are these one-off games are very difficult games to win, and there are a couple of teams in there. You know, the teams are in they're in very rude health, and I would argue that on paper, South Africa is a better team than Australia in this tournament. Certainly, that uh, they've got the edge in the bowling stakes. I'm, I'm, you know, if Australia have any concerns. It's around their bowling, so I don't take I don't take Tim's attitude to it. I look at what they've got on paper at the moment and how they're going, and how they're going at the moment is Stark's got ten wickets at forty three, Cummins has got ten at forty, and Hazelwood's got twelve at thirty. Um, to get this far with your three leading pacemen, uh, to borrow a phrase from Mitchell Stark overnight, hanging on, I think is a good achievement. It's a very good achievement, and people have stood up, particularly the batters have stood up when needed, and Adam Zampra stood up too. But South Africa have had a way better, way better uh, tournament, I would say. Um, if you look at Kutzia, I mean, he's been outstanding. He's got 18 wickets at less than 20. Um, another one of those stories where he probably wasn't even playing the World Cup. He probably wasn't even in the squad if Norkia was fit. But they've also got also got Jansen, Rabada, Mah- the spinner Maharaj, and they've got Nagidi too if they want him. So they've got an outstanding. I think they've got the edge over Australia. Watching Mitch Stark, listening to Mitch Stark, has he got the performance that Australia needs in him? He does, but will he produce it at this World Cup? Because yep. he hasn't yet, has he? Um as I said, you got. I hope I said well, you win the toss. You bat first because you know the the premium bowling conditions are under lights, and that's when the ball has swung. But that's one of those things with Starkey, and and it's come and gone in waves over the years, hasn't it? And I think he's been in outstanding form the last three years, but until this World Cup, where mm. he's just off a little. It's just that thing. I mean, you probably can. Ex- technical people could explain it about where his arm is or where his wrist is. But when the ball's not swinging for him, he doesn't do that well. What are you hearing in the, the choice between Manus and Marcus? Will it be Labashane or Stoinis in this team? Uh, 
Shane, in the cricket team are the three certainties in life, aren't they, Jared? Could you just start just start that thought again, Pete? You just dropped out. Sorry, yeah, I'm having a technical issue here <laughs> in the right. shed. Have you got me now? Yeah, I've got you. Yeah, death, taxes, and Marnus Labashane somehow finding a way to worm his way into the 11. Yep. They're the three certainties in life at the moment. Um, everybody seems to be leaning towards Marnus. I think, I think he's done enough to warrant a place with what he's got, but is that what the selectors want? I think he really made a statement with that fielding in the most recent game, um, but let's not forget that wasn't a one-off. Um, his fielding was critical in the, in the final stages of that game against New Zealand where they hung on up, in, up at altitude. Um, I'm pushing him in there. I, I was, and Ponting's been putting this out lately too, I feel like... Stoinis has probably missed a little bit of a trick in that I thought that they were shaping up to use him at the top of the innings, you know, to open with him. And we haven't seen it this World Cup. And gee, it'd be a funky move in a final to do it. So, yeah, I'm leaning towards Marnus in that team. It would be the, it would really be the only way to justify Stoinis's selection, but it would be a hell of a change of tactics right at the end. It's not really. I don't, it's not really how you would do it in a semi-final, is it? Yeah, well, yeah, that's right. I like the flexibility that they've got. Let's go and have a look at the wicket. I think that the final two games, I don't reckon you're going to get those big 300-plus scores. Um, so I think it's going to be a little more difficult to bat. Uh, it is definitely going to be more difficult to bat against the uh, South African and Indian bowlers. I mean, the Indian bowlers have been absolutely outstanding this tour and uh, this um, tournament. And surprisingly, it's their seamers who've done all the damage. Um, in those scenarios, you want Marnus Labuschagne, who is better against the moving ball. But uh, I'm a belt and braces guy, Jared. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want him in the team, do you? No, I do. I flipped my position. Yep. Oh, you have? Yep. Yep. I like the um, – Labashane and Smith are the same batter, or their numbers are uncannily similar, but they, they're not using stoyness. So I'll take <laughs> – I didn't think I wanted two insurance policies, but there's a cyclone brewing. It turns out I want two insurance policies. I'd, I'll take the heavy-duty batting at three, at four and five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is that. Um, there, there's a cigarette paper, isn't there? Really, but uh, as the same batter, they're like twins. Those two, I think, their highest score in the tournament seventy one. Yep. Their average is, you know, almost exactly the same. The only difference, and it's the it's the one knock on Marnus, and it's it's the one thing that might see him uh, lose his position in the side is the strike rate. And Marnus's is seventy seven, I think, and Smith's is eighty eight. Um, yeah. That has been the knock on him, but, I mean, he was dragged down by one innings where he really did have to anchor as well. Did you read that amusing piece about um, Pat Cummins blowing up, <laughs> destroying his strike rate the other night? I did. <laughs> I did. Because he, he, he had it flying, didn't he? And then he does the team thing and he pays the price in his numbers. <laughs> yeah, you quite pick Pat Cummins as the guy doing comedy routines in the uh, – Technical problems here. Uh, got you back. Yep. I, someone keeps stepping on my ventilator tube. Um, <laughs> you don't pick Pat Cummins as the comedian in the dressing room, but it goes to an important point, I think, around Pat Cummins' captaincy and the way that this team has performed in this World Cup is that um, they all know they're good enough and they're all given enough space 
to be as good as they are. Um, it's an adult team in an adult environment. Um, and you, you, uh, Ch- Dan Chernia um, brought this up recently, and I thought it was a very good point. We, I had a few people, a few senior former Australian cricketers say to me, what happened with uh, Glenn Maxwell's outrageous, you know? They've been drinking beer and he's fallen off the back of a golf cart. And I thought, it's a kind of funny attitude to take, fellas, you know? Aren't they allowed to go out and have a couple of beers? And I mean, and play a bit of golf and maybe have, I don't know if they had one beer too many, but what sort of wowsers are we that we don't allow them that sort of thing? Sure, we'd prefer that Glenn Maxwell didn't fall off the back of golf carts, but you know, I don't think Glenn Maxwell needs the help of a couple of beers to fall off the back of a golf cart. He, he can do that. He, he can get himself into trouble uh, no matter what. But it comes to that point that that it's an adult team, that it's comfortable with with itself and its own skills, and they back themselves. And Mitch Marsh said this the other day. That's the message in the team. You're good enough. You can do this. And the times they fail is when they when they stop believing that they're good enough. We're learning this morning. So here's what we've got, Pete. I'll pick up with you in a moment. Just walked into the lounge room and chucked on Cricket Gold and the Samsung TV. Renegades versus Stars playing Tate and Afridi in the side. Oh, yeah. And I have a Samsung TV. They have a thing called Samsung TV Plus, which is about 40 specialist channels, all for free. Crime channels, war history, music. There's even a Baywatch channel. The Cricket Channel is a new addition and is awesome. Samsung TV mobile app is not available in Australia yet. It's only on TVs. David from Glen Waverley. I've got two Samsung TVs. That's my whole afternoon. All right. That's my whole afternoon figuring after that out. This, after <laughs> this plug, Jared, I reckon you'll have four. <laughs> uh, Pete, I'll pick up with you in a moment. Our World right. Cup chats are for Henley Homes. Henley, new seven-star house designs with dropped prices. Now, back to Waitley. For all those nervous weather watchers, a couple of thoughts. Sam's text through, if the cricket is abandoned with South Africa going through to the final, however much it may hurt, we as Aussies should take it on the chin and show England cricket how to behave in a setback. That'll be Friday morning's sentiment, Sam. Gavin from Albury, I especially like this. This is the same feeling I had during my many winter seasons up at Mount Hotham. We would roll through the various forecasts and pick the website or app that was the best and then tell all the guests it would be a stunning day on the slopes. <laughs> That's nice, Gavin. And Mozza from Cobden, a Baywatch channel and a cricket channel. I'm off to good guys. <laughs> Pete Lawler, we're just yarning with Peter Lawler on this, uh, on this Tuesday morning. Hey, Pete, um, Patrick Smith passed away and we remembered uh, him yesterday. You've written a beautiful piece in The Australian Today. So a long-term colleague of yours. Um, just share a thought or two with us about Patrick. Look, Jared, I, I, when I when I came into sports journalism, Patrick was well established and uh, and had just come on board as the uh, as the chief columnist, sports writer for the Australian, and he was the doyen. I looked at Patrick Smith and I thought, that is how you do it. That is what you aspire to. I never. I never had the moral fortitude or the strength that Patrick had. He was he's such a fearless, opinionated, um, articulate, funny uh, guy. Jared, six columns, a thousand plus words a week. Now, I, I noticed a few people in our comment section saying, oh, I stopped reading him after he wrote this about Port Adelaide in 1989 and I stopped this. But 
you're going to have some bad columns when you put out six a week, you, um, you, especially when you do it for that long. Patrick had very, very few bad columns. Um, and, yeah, very sad to see him pass. I, I don't think we'll ever have a sports writer as great as and as significant as Patrick Smith was. Again, I think that he kind of – you woke up in Victoria um, – and you read Patrick to see which way the wind was blowing, particularly with the AFL and your beloved sport, Jared Racing. Um, but uh, even with cricket, when he when he had when I heard that he died, I looked back at my um, phone just to see what was the last conversation we had, and it was from Friday, twenty one July at one forty one p.m. That's uh, England time, so it would have been the middle of the night there. Ten befuddled cricketers led by a witless captain. <laughs> <laughs> well said, Patrick. <laughs> might that have been Manchester? <laughs> it might. It might well have been. Um, there was a great. There was a great story that popped up somewhere about because Patrick was a fast bowler for Paran, yeah. and and Demon who may have gone a little bit too far once and actually run through a batsman, I believe. <laughs> but he got invited to bowl in the nets against India. Have you heard this story before, Jerry? No, no. And he, he was tearing in and pelting them down. And Patrick tells the story himself. It's a self-deprecating story. It's a batsman who could have been um, um, the Indian captain, Sunil Gavaskar, looked at him and said... Uh, Patrick, have you got a have you got a quick ball? <laughs> <laughs> and I think he knew then. That he, I think that's when he went and applied for a cadetship at the Herald Sun, where you started. Yes, yes. He, he was a towering figure to all of us young journos, wasn't he? He absolutely was. So he's been well remembered. And Ron Barassi was sent off at the MCG on Friday. I know you would have had an eye there. What what moved you in particular from the Barassi State Funeral? Uh, oh, lots of things. I thought it was beautifully done. Um, you know, you won't hear me say too many positive things about Eddie Maguire, but I'll say that he did a really good job with this. Well done, Ed. Um, uh, I, I was outstanding to see Brent Tr Tiger Croswell come out of hiding. Uh, how often have we seen Brent Croswell in the last 30 years? I think that's the second time. And the only other time I saw him come out of hiding was he agreed to a... Uh, a meeting with me in a corner, in a dark corner of a hotel in Hobart, to talk about Ron Brassy. He said it's the only thing that that actually gets him out of the house. You know, like the only thing that got him out off the couch was finals football. Yep. He wanted to pay tribute to the great man Brassy, and he did it in that inimitable Croswell style. Very moved by Ron Brassy the third. I, I don't want to call him Ron Brassy the third. I want Ron's son. Like Brassy, there shouldn't be a Ron Brassy the third. It's just a bit too noble. I thought it was a wonderful take on that. That that bit that none of us saw of you know, what it was like to have Ron Brassy as a dad. He said, you know, um, what, what did he say? He, you could imagine, um, you know, he said, imagine all those chess games, all those tennis games. You never beat Ron. It was so <laughs> difficult having a dad called Ron Brassy. You know, that was the question he asked. Have you ever tried to beat Ron Brassy? And I think everybody in that audience, everyone who knew him personally, thought, yeah, <laughs> yep, not even his kids would have yep. got a break. Pete, beautiful. Lovely to chat on this Tuesday. Enjoy these semifinals. I'll catch up with you shortly. And thanks for telling me it's Tuesday, Jerry. No worries. Actually, hang hang there one tick. I want to read this to you. I'm miles late here, but this got sent through yesterday, and you'll yeah. like this. Um, sorry, I should have been better prepared. Andrew sent this through. 
I'm the president of the Phillip Island Cricket Club and would like to tell you a quick story about our C-grade skipper, Mick Cleary. He is currently on a 16-toss losing streak, which stretches over three seasons now and includes two winning premierships. He was running a bit late on Saturday, received a call from the Leon Gatha skipper to do the toss over the phone. He had already tossed the coin in front of one of our other players, called Mick and gave him the choice, and yep, you guessed it, he called wrong. Thought you might like to share this one with Pete. I haven't heard of a streak this bad. <laughs> I knew I thought you'd like that at the end. Nor have I ever heard of anyone phoning in for the <laughs> phoning in the toss. I'll have to run Sorry that past Gilly would have loved that idea. <laughs> Pete, lovely. Thank you. I'm like uh, our World Cup cricket chats are for Henley's new home designs with drop prices, all the luxuries, and now seven star energy efficiency. Here's Nathan in the newsroom.